What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Homegrown Hustlers. I'm your host, Garrett Larson, and uh, got my co-host here with me, Dallin Smith. Episodes brought to you by Larson Waste, the uh, best trash company that ever was. That's right, and never will be. <laughs> exactly, dude. So today, Down and I are going to discuss culture in companies and what it really means to us, the difficulties with it, what it is, what it isn't, and just kind of get our thoughts on it. It's kind of a hot word, especially right now with entrepreneurs and the startup, everything. And so I think it's uh, something that's worth talking about. So we're going to chat about that. Um, if you enjoy the show, give us a five-star review and and tell a friend about it because we'd appreciate that. So we're going to start off. Dallin, what's what's going on? Sounds like you got something to say today. What's uh, what's going on in your nah, world, dude? dude? I d- things are going good, man. Work's good. Uh, the wife's happy. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, I just uh, think life is good, man. But uh, as I was contemplating a little bit on my life, I was thinking a little bit about like how I've uh, kind of come to where I'm at and just uh, how, how things have kind of changed within the company and all these, this, just all the changes that is going on. And I was just thinking, you know, like, Change is definitely by far like one of the most difficult things we face. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, unfortunately, though, change is unavoidable. Like mm-hmm. we have to have change in our life. Innovator die. Exactly. And uh, I think one of the reasons why we don't like change is we get too comfortable where we are. And uh, we get comfortable with our friends, our jobs, the places we live, the places we go and work out. And unfortunately, it's uh, not perfect. They, mm-hmm. they may not be perfect, but we just kind of accept it. And um, that's just not okay in my mind. Well, dude, I think it's funny. So many people get comfortable with it, but complain about it, how yes, they don't like it. Exactly. And, and it's just kind of silly. But uh, the, the funny thing is, is even though it's uh, it's kind of we accept it or whatever, we almost do it because it's familiar. Because mm-hmm. us human beings, we like habit and stuff. And uh, I guess the sad part about it is what happens when we are not willing to change. We get stuck. And, and kind of on a, a real, not really a religious thing, but a natural like God thing is uh, sometimes we forget that uh, we get stuck in what God used to do or like our natural ways or like the natural ways of man or our natural habits that uh, we are kind of like hindering our progress. We're not able to move forward and progress as much as like we'd like to or what our, what God or what the natural man has planned out for us, you know? Yeah. Because I like to believe we all have a purpose on life and sometimes if we're not changing we're not progressing towards our purpose in life and so just because god and this is a huge thing that i've really been contemplating and i think this is where it really gets uh, key for me is like just because god has blessed me with where i am doesn't mean i can sit back and settle with what i have and stay like comfortable and complacent with where i am at and not be aware of what god's doing now yeah i i i freaking love that dude i think that's one of the biggest ways to not show gratitude for everything you have yeah totally dude you nailed that right on the head and so i guess it's more of a contemplating or i've been a self-reflecting of where i am at as far as my progress and my personal life and if i'm becoming complacent with where i'm at and um i guess the kind of thing is we got to think where is god gonna like what worked back then five years ago doesn't work now in our personal lives with work with everything and i think we're just simply being way too uh complacent and that we need to be 
And if you, if you're going to be successful, you have to be willing to change Uh, every blessing or everything we have in our life is not permanent. Um, the food on our table isn't going to be there forever. Um, we just, we need to be constantly looking for ways to evolve and to improve. And I think the same thing kind of goes with our friendships and yeah. the people we surround ourselves with. And we talked about this a while ago. There was someone that posted something about, you know, a friendship thing. And it was just like, you know, I don't really agree with like the negative Nancy's in their life, but sometimes the negative Nancy's are there for a reason or something like that. I can't, I can't really remember, but to it to a degree, I, I agree with that. Um, but if you're not constantly evaluating, um, our friendships, like the people, who's speaking in your life like who are you who, de- who has influence yeah on yeah you? like who who are you depending on and uh, making sure that they're not dragging you down and then also like who are those people that are maybe limiting your success but and then also those people that are like pushing you to achieve that success um because everybody's not supposed to be in your life forever, I believe. I feel like there's a certain time and place for some people to come in and out of your lives for certain reasons. Because mm-hmm. I know there's times where I've struggled and I was like, man, if I didn't have that friend in my life, that's awesome. He totally, he was like my saving grace for yeah. whatever it is. But I, I left him for a reason because I moved on past that struggle. I don't, yeah. I, I didn't need him anymore in my life or cause I grew on to better, bigger things and not saying that he's not a good friend. Well, but. I was, I was going to say, I think that's where people sometimes take it the wrong way. It's not that you're better than that guy now yeah. and like you're too good for him. It's that like, you you two just aren't bringing the same value to each other that you used to. Yeah. And and so I guess to, to kind of wrap up everything, what I, I'm trying to say is I really want to focus in on the blessings. I think a lot of times just because someone's blessed with a lot of money doesn't mean they're always going to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because that's your blessing or that's what you're, you have right now doesn't mean you can't achieve more or just because you have that you're poor and this, that doesn't mean you can't achieve more. You can always change and you can always push yourself. But if you're going to be successful for all these entrepreneurs that are out there listening to this, all these homegrown hustlers, if you want to be successful, you have to embrace change and you have to constantly be looking for change because once you're actively seeking out change in your life, you will find that change. You will grow. You will learn. You'll find yourself self-evaluating. Sorry, I can't talk right now because I'm just so excited to talk. Uh, you'll find yourself self-evaluating a lot more. You'll, you'll be analyzing things a lot more. You'll be constantly looking for the good. You'll be looking for the bad. And you're not going to be necessarily throwing out the bad, but you'll be turning the bad into good and turning them into lessons. And I think you're just going to be a lot more successful is, yeah. is what it comes down to. Well, so. why, do you th- why do you think people are so afraid of change or shy away from it yeah. so much? Because uh, I think a lot of people do naturally. Yeah, I, I touched on it on the very beginning of, of what um, I think we get so complacent and familiar with it and it's easy. So, I mean, it's easy to do the same workout every week over and over again because your body naturally is used to it. It just, it's muscle memory. It just, yeah. you, you don't even think about it. But, uh, when we have to do something that is different, our, our brains, we freak out, we get nervous, we have anxiety. We think of all sorts of things that could go wrong instead of things that could go right. Yeah. Cause that, that's what I would say. It might actually come down to is a fill, fear of failure mm-hmm. because I think in a lot of situations, it's not actually easier. It's not. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Because I think that goes along with people where you talk about it's a lot of hard work to maybe become successful with money, have a, have enough money that you're not worried about it. Yeah. Well, it's a lot harder work to be broke. Yes. 
Yes. And all everything that you have to go through as you're broke is a lot harder work than the work that has to be put in to be successful with money. But I think fear of failure is what actually keeps people from making that change. Even though it's actually easier to do the other thing, it's the fear of failure that keeps them from going to that easier thing. Yeah. And the silly part about that is the, the fear of failure is so small compared to the happiness that the change will bring. Oh, yeah. So like people are like, I'm complacent, I'm content, but you're so unhappy, I think the the ability to understand and recognize the positivity of change um, is the crucial and key point of all this is you need to be thinking of change as good, not bad. And I loved uh, when I was, I can't remember where I was at. I think it was in Argentina at one time serving the people. And uh, someone gave the analogy, like there's, if you're on a ladder, which all humans were on a natural ladder of life. Mm -hmm. um, If you're not going up, you're going down because there's no such thing as standing still on a ladder. Yeah. You're growing. Yeah. or you're dying exactly so that was kind of my rant dude but uh just uh everyone embrace change i mean change is good that's that's freaking money dude it's the only constant yeah there's always gonna be change yeah there's always gonna be change man so you either hop on board or you freaking you don't yeah dude i couldn't agree with that more man so uh how you been man what's uh what's going on with you dude so mine's a lot simpler oh man it'll probably be pretty short but it's just something that i've I recognize that I do a lot and have over time been trying to change. And because I used to do it and and still have to work on it, I've noticed other people do it. And it's just not a useful uh, practice. Yeah. But uh, what what it is is uh, spending other people's money for them. Interesting. What do you mean by that? So, <laughs> like literally or just No, like, like, like oh, uh, they can't do that. You know, you might have an opportunity to do something. It might be to go on a vacation or something. And someone's going with you and you're making plans and you're making decisions for that person, whether they can or can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that happens a lot more like with family and friends than anyone else. And it's just not a good or a healthy practice. One, because you generally don't know what's actually going on and it can be good or bad like there's some people that are like oh they can afford it because they're rich right when really you have no idea what's going on in their finances and they might have plans to where they're you know spending saving money to buy a house or this or that or that you have no idea what's going on in the background and also goes the other way where people are like oh well we we can't go eat there because they can't afford it yeah And I think it comes from a place of, oh, I'm going to be nice and not make them feel bad that they can't afford that or something like that. But I really think it's kind of a disrespectful thing to a grown adult can make the decision and can tell someone, hey, it's not. I think it's a lot more fulfilling for someone to say, hey, it's not really in my plans right now to spend that money. So I'm not going to. Yeah. I think that's a lot more respect given to that person saying, hey, I don't know if this would be an option for you to go eat here or whatever it might be. Yeah. That's just an example to go eat here. And they can say, you know, that would be great, but I'm saving up for this. So I'd rather not. I'm going to be honest. Frugal Frank over here is really good at that. At least in college I was when people are like, yo, homie, you want to go out to Buffalo Wild with, you know, B-dubs with the boys and eat some wings? I'm like, nah, dude, I got to save my money for my gas tomorrow because I'm going to go ride some dirt scooters. Yeah, which is is totally cool. What I think the disrespect comes is when someone's like, oh, you don't want to hang out with me? We're not. Well, (laughs) not even that. They're just, they're not even going to ask you. Oh, that's true. We're not going to invite this person or not 
going to say it and they spend your money for you. So instead of you making that decision, they say, oh, he doesn't have any money, so he's not going to come. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just like, I can't invite him because he probably can't afford it or because he bailed last time. You're like, eh, he's in a tough situation. Yeah. When really it was just like maybe that week they spent more than they should have on groceries. Yeah. You know, you you just never never know the situation. So like I've seen myself do that a lot where it's like maybe that person would really have enjoyed that experience with me and it would have been rewarding for both of us. And it could be as simple as going out to eat. It could be anything. Yeah. But if you, you know, I just don't think we should spend other people's money for them. Dude, that's a good lesson. That's a good life lesson to know and to understand and to implement because I've never thought of that before. Like yeah. I've never literally, I mean, I thought about it, but I never thought of it in the context of, wow, I just spent their money yeah. for them or I didn't spend their money for them. Well, and like I said, it could go either way. Like yeah. it could be like, oh, they're totally rich and can totally afford it. It's no big deal. Uh-huh. Or they could be like, you know, you're freaking broke. You can't do it. Right. So you could go. 10, four. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it can go either way. It's, uh, um, you know, just not a positive thing to do. Yeah. So I think it's worth, uh, we're steering away from. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not a huge thing, but, yeah. I've just had a few experiences in the past couple of days where I'm like, yo, it's not your job to spend their money. They're adults. Give them the respect to make that choice. And uh, everyone will be happier. So, or and this is a little side tangent, but don't also invite someone to do something. Uh, let's can I use Disneyland since you're mm-hmm. going there this week? Uh, don't don't invite your friends to go to Disneyland and then they say no, and then to be that one that's like, bro, come on, I know you have the money, I know because well, that, you that's don't doing, know. Yeah, that's, that's, the that's exact what I'm same. saying. Yeah. I hate when people do that shit to me. Like, bro, why aren't you guys going to the movie? I know you can afford ten bucks. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I probably could, but maybe I don't. I just don't want to go, or maybe yeah. that's not what I enjoy spending my money on. So like, don't take it offense to it. I'll tell you straight up, like just be a man like, okay, cool. Like, and don't try and dig for it. And then, and when, if they do straight up tell you like, look, we're broke right now, or like we're going through hard times. Don't freak out about it. Like you said, and be like, oh, well, now we can never invite them to the movies because yeah. we're going to offend them. Just, just respect people enough. Yeah. I think to let them make the decision. And you know, I think it just brings more value that way of like, Hey, we'd love to have you cause we enjoy you. And it's up to you um, and your personal stuff, your family stuff, whether it works or not. But yeah, yeah like I said, it's just one of those things I, I've seen quite a bit, not a huge fan of. So yeah, cool, man. Well, dude, before we jump into the main topic, let's let's discuss the the behemoth, the titan of a company, because it can't be stopped. That yeah. brings us this podcast, the LW Larson freaking waste. Yeah, dude, they're freaking awesome, man. Uh, personally, I just want to say I don't think I've worked for a better company. Because uh, their culture, their uh, the way they treat their employees, the way they treat their customers, it's just top notch. They they really do care about their stuff, and they do some really fun things. Like uh, I know they have uh, the Larson Waste Invitational coming up, uh, which is super cool that they do that every year for yeah. the community and their employees. So yeah, it's it's awesome, man. So we you know just to hit on the the uh, brass brass uh, nuts. I'm going to have to edit this. What's that freaking? Uh, Just hit on what they cover, man. It's, uh, you know, bulk waste, residential waste, commercial waste, hazardous waste, medical waste, any type of waste, they they freaking haul it. Yeah. It's a one-stop shop. That's impressive, dude. That's not easy to do. 
There's very few companies that will do everything like that. So hit them up. If you're in Arizona, um, they're doing good things. We're doing good things on Instagram, on Facebook. Check it out. Um, We've got a video going up this afternoon. Check yeah. it out about Heck our yeah. softball tournament. Yeah, yeah, the Larson Ways Invitational. You guys got to check it out. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we hope to see everyone there regardless because it's going to be a good time. Yeah, so. yeah we're going to make sure it's fun. So let's freaking dive into it, man. Um, you, you kind of hit on it. I think culture is something that uh, has been thrown around and means so many different things to so many different people that it's kind of a misunderstood thing i think for a lot of people yeah um it's it's some people like yeah good culture means you give cheery you got free cheerios on freaking tuesday and you have a (laughs) ping pong table in the break room yeah dude or uh, you're a bad company because you don't allow your employees to take naps you know every day yeah look at google they allow naps yeah exactly (laughs) so uh i kind of wanted to dive in of what it really means to me and and what the difference is so i'd actually just mentioned this in our managers meeting to all our managers because i think it's one of the best analogies so me and my boy uh uh, Jordan Hunt, when we always worked out in high school, I know we always talked about it and we we're like, we want to look better with our shirt off than with our shirt on. I freaking love that. Dude. Uh, That's so true. Because <laughs> um, you see those guys are, man, they're fit. They look good. Da, da, da. And then, you, you know, they're at the pool or whatever. I don't know. Or in the locker room, they take off their shirt and you're like, oh, like, hmm, that was yeah, you're like that, Disapp- that's that's really disappointing right <laughs> yeah, there. Like, like sh- mediums work really well on you, bro. But yeah, exa- you should just keep them on. Swim with those two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that's where a lot of these uh, things with culture come in. Yeah. If you've got the ping pong table, the nice office, the you know break rooms, all, all this stuff, it's fine. It's cool. It's fun to enjoy those nice things. But I think way too many companies are using that as a cover up because they have crap for culture. It's a yes cancerous horrible disgusting culture they're like hey we've got ping pong table so i just want to say those are little like tactical type things that don't actually change the culture what changes the culture is the true core beliefs in the leaders and that emanating out yes and i think it's taking the little tools like implementing maybe the ping pong table and all that cool stuff or you know giving your employees nice things to have or whatnot but then also showing them there's a there's a reason for it and there's also a, a possibility to take those things away. Mm-hmm. I think the the establishing the why and the deep reasoning behind the culture is the most important part because a lot of times the naked eye is blinded by the ping pong table, yeah, the shiny Audrey syndrome. Yeah, well, and you might attract a few guys right at first, but uh-huh. over time you're never going to win with that exactly. tactic if that's all you've got because people are going to show up and be like, yeah, this is a sweet company to work with. They've got a ping pong table and they give you uh, so many days vacation and this, that, and the other, but if they're miserable every Every time the whole time that they're there um it's not going to work and i think this ties back in because i want to dive into exactly how you set a culture cool yeah um and i think it ties back into what you were saying uh change is good because if you're changing towards uh improvement yeah and i think everybody any person whether they're employee whether they're number freaking 568 at a company number 17 or number two or number one they want to have a purpose that's bigger than themselves exactly i think i could go off for an hour talking about the lack of that in society now but i i won't but it's yes. something that's super important to human happiness i totally believe is progression and purpose and so i think that's where you start with the culture is getting that so clear and it has to start so i'm going to talk from my shoes so if okay. 
interesting okay. that CEO, a number one job, if you're number one at that company, is to set where you're going and why you're going there so clear that anyone can articulate it in the company. And I'll say right now here in Larson Waste, we've got a long ways to go with that. I have spent a little bit of time. I spent a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of time. I spent a lot of time working that out for myself. And now we're at the time of of communicating that. And I think it's something that just has to be be worked down of listening's got to come from me and then emanate from one, two, three, four, five, yep. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, all the way out to everyone. But I think, you know, as we set cultures and we'll keep working the way down, I think that A First, number one, only thing that matters, don't even get off the ground until you've got that, is setting that why and that goal. That Well, that goal and that why, why you want to get there. So for maybe some of the people that don't understand why you want to set the why first, for you, why was that so important? Or why do you think that is so important for people in your position? Well, I think that builds down to everything. And yeah. I think it gives people um, the direction without having to be super micro with what you need to do. Exactly. So if we're talking macro of, hey, everyone, you know, we're going from a, you know, $10 million company to a $100 million company. That is the macro. And this is why we're doing this. This is the impact, the change. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to be for you guys. Yeah. And this is how everyone is. I think, yeah. I think the simple wording for that is it gives someone to believe in because everyone yes. needs a hope. Everyone needs a dream and they need a motive and they need to believe that they serve a purpose. Just like you said, culture and society right now, it's sad. No one really has a purpose in life. People mm-hmm. forget the big picture. They forget where they came from and why they even do what they do. So if you give your employees something to believe in, something to understand like, oh yeah, this is why I do my job is because yeah. I'm pushing this company and with Without this, I honestly believe they couldn't make it. And so I'm going to believe that I need to do my best. Yeah. The whole well, And what you're it. saying is just build it. That's the start of building the culture. Exactly. Because in the teamwork, the brotherhood, sisterhood, or, you know, whatever, don't want to be called sexist, um, the unity that comes behind that is uh, what uh, pushes everything forward. I actually, you know, this just coming off the top of my head, saw a poll the other day, shout out to O.M. and McKinley, posted a poll and it said, what's most important, uh, unity or diversity? And to me, I'm like, that's not even on the same world. And there were some people that were like, you have to have diversity to have unity, da 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 which I just couldn't disagree with more. You can, unity, well, and there's a lot around diversity, but unity can come to any group of people, no matter how diverse or undiverse they are, and that will help push towards the goal. But I think how you get that unity is by having a clear set goal and why you want to get there and and the benefits that will come to everyone that's involved in that. Yeah, totally. I think it's uh, something that we try to have a ton of in in our company is, mm-hmm. is unity because without it you're a bunch of chickens with your heads cut off running around like wackos so. yeah so i think you start off with that big why and that big goal out yes. there so you set that and that's what your managers need to understand super clear so it's communicated on down the line and then the micro needs to be worked on to make sure it's pushing towards that because i think that's where a ton of people miss and a confusion bad culture pops up when the uh micros are all going in different different directions yep. not leading towards one goal yeah so if i give you know a super just straightforward answer with that is 
you know, I think someone can handle the, well, let me think of the best way to put this. So if I'm looking at a manager and say, you know, the bonus, your bonus relies on, you know, helping us get towards this goal. But to another manager, it's, hey, your bonus relies on something that doesn't necessarily push towards that goal. That's where you get the conflict and these managers not working together and thus everyone underneath their purview not working together. Yeah, you get the push and pull. Yeah, yeah. So one guy's like, oh, well, like the only thing I care about is hitting my mark so I can get my bonus. And this guy's going to say the same thing. Unfortunately, both those goals are totally different directions. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're focused on growth, let's say, if you're like, all right, you know, only thing that matters for you is the new customers. However many new customers, you're sitting down with your sales manager and you're like, uh, your bonus is going to be based on new customers, da, 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 And to another manager, you're like, hey, the only thing that matters is that the- we don't spend as much money as possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, those goal, those goals, I think, can coexist. Sure. But if you're not brought in on the whole macro of this and it's just these two segmented micros, you're going to have the issue of this guy's upset the whole time with this guy that's creating more expenses for him. Yes. Because as you grow and expenses grow and this, that, and the other. Now, I think that's something that can be worked out and say, hey, your job is to keep us as lean as possible during this growth, but you understand the macro is the growth. Yes. So, so he's going to find ways to save that money to help the macro because he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to cut X, Y, and Z. And they'll, they'll work together more naturally, I yeah. think, is what it comes down so to. So if we're talking our specific, the guy that's bonus relies on you know profitability isn't... Looking to cut out profitability by not buying more containers because the salesman is selling those containers like crazy. Exactly. Now, if they're all on the same page and understand where the macro is and and, and we micro together how we're going to get there, then we can all get on the same page even if they've got different tasks along that macro. Yep. That's fine. And sometimes those tasks can even not be perfect. But as long as the micro North Star is still there, I think you can keep that unity. Yeah. I think the understanding of how each micro plays effect into the macro, even if the jobs are kind of foreign to one manager or one employee to the other is the yeah, biggest thing. Yeah, if the dude that's in charge of sales can understand that we need the sales, but also if we're not profitable, we cannot continue to grow over in an extended period of time if he can understand that and also the fellow that's looking and saying we could be more profitable but understanding over time we won't get to where we need to be in revenue if we do not create more sales that's that's where you can coexist and work together and get really good energy and everyone's happy to work together even though uh they're on different spectrums. Yeah. And and I've seen it here where, where we've got that, where I'm going, okay, I'm kind of always in offense grow mode and other people aren't. And without giving that North Star to everyone, they're just freaking out and against everything that I'm doing that's pushing the growth. And so it, it creates negativity, not just, hey, there's a problem that has to be solved. It's actual negativity. Like, I don't like this. It shouldn't be happening. I'm not okay with this type deal. And, and I've noticed that people take it a little bit more personal too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like Joe Blow because he's trying not to get me because he doesn't want me to have my bonus. And you're like, nah, dude, that's that's not it at all. And so I think once everyone understands the why, they understand the reason behind it, the personalization, I guess, you, personalization maybe is the word I, we can use with this, kind of goes out the window because they, they think in a family, they think in a team, like, he's not going to benefit any more than I am because we're all on the same 
path. So. Yeah, exactly. We're all trying to get there. So yeah, and, and then, so I think that's really what builds the culture and that's what really attracts good people is when that is what's happening, that's when the word gets out of this is a great place to work for because you're going to progress. The company's going somewhere. You're going to be part of something that's bigger than yourself. And then if you want to add in and supplement these cool things that you can have, nice offices, nice this, perks, I think then that's where it's useful and fun things because I think it's fun to have nice things. Yes. If you enjoy those things, if that improves your life, that's great, but they cannot be used as a Band-Aid of a dying culture because you allow people to not treat people you allow people in the company to treat others in the company not right or you don't have the guiding north star there in your company it's uh it's gonna fall apart no matter what type of band-aids you try to put on it yeah so can i say the the thing that i've noticed most about uh culture and the the powerful effect of culture uh, is uh the ceo plays probably one of the most important roles and when i mean he plays the most important role i think it's how he interacts with his employees and his coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from a, a variety of different size of companies that i've helped grow and work with um, i've noticed that the companies that work directly with the ceos on a regular basis have a more visionary positive um, optimistic drive towards the work and their tasks at hand every day than the large scale ones that may go undermined like they see the ceo in passing hi bye how's your day going you know joe blow stuff but the ones that sit down and actually dream and work for like or i guess you could say talk about the cloud like you mentioned together on a monthly or weekly basis or discuss how their job is important to the cloud and they feel that positivity and drive those companies are 20 times more successful because they're unified yeah when and i know it's hard because when you got a company as big as ours with you know 50 plus employees it's really easy to get distracted within your little micros to think that we're better or this because you're so detached from all the different places but if you can find a way to bring unity within that and understand that hey this is the visionary board and remind that constant you know vision or the cloud the macro you'll find a lot more success yeah well i I think that's where the uh management team comes in to play yes so much so if you're sitting there and you're in the same office working side by side with the ceo every single day which is great but over time as companies grow there's then different tasks that have to be handled where the ceo is not always can be side by side with every single task that needs to be handled yes it's just not possible i can't be with every route driver as well as every mechanic as well as every transfer station as well as every manager at once so that's why it's so key to build a management team that understands and reflects and radiates exactly the culture that you want to be i heard the other day that you do have to there's not you you usually shouldn't be a dictator in your company you should trust your people yeah but you need to be a dictator about the culture yes so anyone that's not 100 on board with who i am and where we're taking the company you gotta get those cancers out it doesn't work here yeah you know they might be a great person great whatever but if they're not on board with that then you're never gonna win over time because i can't i can't push the culture all by myself i have to radiate it and and get everyone everyone my managers on board and then as i can do it as much to each individual person but it's just not possible for me to do every day spend 
the amount of time that's needed with each person. So it has to be given to the leadership team to to extend yeah. it out. And we have that firsthand experience here with one of uh, our employees. We had a, a cancer, just a straight, his skills mm-hmm. were amazing. Probably, you know, like an awesome mechanic could do whatever. You don't need to babysit him. The job got done. The task was, and not only yeah. was it done, it was done We've flawlessly. Mechanics, drivers, yeah. everything. You name it. Yeah, you name it. And then uh, you you have maybe a same thing, a person in every single one of those categories. They may not be the most skilled person, but they share the same vision and their passion might be even more. Their people skills or their teamwork skills is like phenomenal. And then you have the one person who doesn't want to do anything else, but they know how to get the job done. I mean, we faced that same opportunity or experience and we had to let the ones that weren't willing to be a part of the team, even though their skills were better, we found that the results of someone who's willing to learn and participate and share that same vision actually have more success than the highly skilled people because they're willing to be coached. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I agree completely. And I think to kind of wrap it up between the two of us, we've had the experiences experience of both. Mm-hmm. So if you are starting from ground zero, be conscious of the culture that you're creating because it's easier to start from zero and build it out to everyone that steps in that door. Oh dude, absolutely. <laughs> and if it is something that you're now recognizing that needs to have the reset button hit and redone, it is going to be a ton of work. There's going to be people that need to let go. There's going to be a lot of hard things in the way and we haven't made it yet for sure, but start putting in the work to get it because the little bit that we have done, you know, well, it's been a lot of work, but there's a long ways left to go to get this culture mm-hmm. where we want it to be. It's been absolutely amazing to see the difference in our employees' lives in our customers' experience, and in the overall happiness for anyone that calls this place home. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most important things. We spend most of our time here, so it needs to be a good place that uh, pushes us to be our best. So. Focus cool. on it. Yeah, dude. You guys, I mean, you heard it from us. We're, we're living it. We're not perfecting it or we're not perfect in it yet. We're trying to perfect it. So um, try your best. And I can't stress enough that once you get your culture down, it's amazing how much more smooth your operation will run and the success you'll have within it. And work will just be a more enjoyable place to be at for everyone. Well, if you got anything out of this episode, as always, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. Leave us a comment. We don't have many of those. So yeah, dude, I, I just want like, more interaction. Yeah, I want to hear from our people that listen to us, man. Give us topic ideas. Give us questions. Let us help you. Like, do I mean, heck, if you want to be featured on this, hit us up. Like, yeah. we're, we're looking for all that stuff. Just let us know, man. Yeah, so uh, look us up on Instagram, Facebook, Larson Ways, Garrett Larson, Dallin Smith, Homegrown Hustlers, Roll out there putting out a lot of content so check us out and appreciate you guys listening peace Fine time. Fine time. She's not sure.